Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Joining us is the NAACP's Director of Environmental and Climate Justice. I didn't even know they had that, so I'm like, yes, tell us more. Let me welcome the one and only Abre, Abray, excuse me, Abray Connor. Thank you, so <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about the work that we're doing and how we're advancing environmental and climate justice. Listen, um, I was telling you during the break, I'm, uh, you know, I've been very critical of all of the these institutional organizations because it just feels like, you know, there's so much that they could do that they're not doing. But I'm also mindful that locally and in these spaces like you're in, a lot of things are being done, but that never gets any attention. So I'm like, let me do better. Shout out to Eljoy Williams, the head of the NAACP in Brooklyn, who's part of our family. So I happen to know a few places where it's it's happening, Florida uh, as well. But tell me, what is the, you know, environmental and climate justice? I didn't even know that that was a thing. And what do you do as director? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, the NAACP, just um, from a historical standpoint, has a history in actually coining the uh, term of environmental racism with Ben Chavis. And so there is that connection that we've had and we've understood that, th- that we cannot advance civil rights and social justice work without talking about the environment, without talking about climate issues. Um, and we've known that for forever, our communities have been left out of the conversations. We've been left out of the rooms um, where the decisions are made, but we're disproportionately impacted by all of the impacts of, um, you know, greenhouse gas emissions, by, you know, uh, all the toxic pollutants that live within our communities because people are dumping them there in our communities and leaving us to have to figure out how to think of next steps. Um, And so what we really do especially within our uh, Center for Environmental and Climate Justice, is we really um, anchor our work within the community. Um, you know, I come from an environmental justice and a civil rights background. And one of the first things that I learned in doing environmental and climate justice work is that that work is an inherently local issue. So you cannot actually do that work without talking to the communities. So that's what we're doing. We have individuals that we're talking to across the country and sometimes internationally as well about what environmental and climate justice looks like um, so that we can actually advance the work that community members are doing already on the ground so that we can um, amplify the work that they're doing. Um, We see that, for example, in Jackson, um, you know, one of the first things that I did before we even got to a place of strategically thinking about our advocacy is meeting with the residents, meeting with our our units, meeting with our branch, meeting with our state conference, uh, uh, you know, president, executive director and president uh, to make sure that we had an understanding of what is actually happening, how can we add value, how can we help to add capacity, and how do we amplify the voices of people, not about taking over, but about amplifying and ensuring that um, the needs that are that are needed actually on the ground, that we can add value to that. I'm always impressed by people like you who do this work because you do it and it's tireless. A lot of times it's thankless. 
um, you are tireless and the work many times is thankless and getting out into the community and really sitting down and talking with folks about the issues that impact them directly every, every single day. Well, we read the headlines example, the what's going on in Baltimore right now. So fill us in a little bit uh, with what's happening there. And maybe you can also touch on what's going on in Mississippi. Um, just give us an, an update on that. Well, what we're seeing in Baltimore is, you know, unfortunately, a microcosm of what we're seeing in Black communities across the country. So we have these inf water infrastructure systems um, where we haven't been able to have resources poured into our communities. And now the very same people who, as I talked about before, are already facing a disproportionate impact of toxic pollutants, of you know, having bad water quality are now left to deal with how do we actually pick up the pieces. And so when you have a water system um, that actually needs to be updated, or, or potentially you may need a new water system altogether, um, you're going to start to see more and more of toxins um, within the water. You're going to see more and more of there being bad water quality, especially when we're thinking about our climate crisis that we're in. So oftentimes whenever there are um, you know, uh, natural disasters or extreme weather events. So it gets really cold out of season or really hot out of season. That all impacts um, the quality of the water uh, and it all impacts the infrastructure within uh, a system as well. And so we know that, for example, in West Baltimore, um, we're seeing this a lot more. There's a lot more Black folks there as well. Um, but for years, you know, we've seen that there were not federal resources, for example, that were actually being poured into our communities. They were sometimes being given to the state, but if you didn't have people actually at the state level who were actually going to make sure that that money gets funneled particularly to our communities, then what we end up with is over years and years of there not being intentional investment that now we're seeing the impact of that. Um, and in Baltimore, what we've seen is that, you know, there is um, now a focus on having more prioritization of funding, but for a number of years, um, that was not necessarily the case um, from a number of different levels. But now we have an EPA administrator and we have a president who stated that environmental justice is uh, a priority for that administration, is a priority for the EPA. Um, we've seen historic investments uh, in the EPA to actually do environmental justice work in the communities. And that, by the way, is also based on the community voice because community members were saying, hey, you know, you all are getting all this money, but we're not seeing any of it. So how do we actually create a system that allows for us to actually get that money uh, more rapidly? And we don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not you have a state uh, agency or you have a governor who is saying, you know what, we know that uh, West Baltimore actually needs to be prioritized when it comes to infrastructure uh, needs that the community themselves can reach uh, further up to the federal agencies and to other individuals who have money so that they can start to rebuild themselves. We're talking with Abray yeah. Connor. She is the NAACP Director of Environmental and Climate Justice. And you can follow her at MS for Ms. A for Abray Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R on the Twitters. Go ahead, Renee. <laughs> Karen, when we were all young, we would be out in the streets with the water hose and just drinking straight on out of the hose. Do we, and it was delicious. We all did, 
like it was delicious. But what you're telling us is that that's not possible in places like West Baltimore and in in Jackson, Mississippi, where um, we had been talking about that crisis there. And, you know, in, in West Baltimore, I guess there were like three cases of E. coli. It, it, and these things impact us going forward. We know now, you know, children who get E. coli, I mean, what happens to them? They get, you know, very, very sick and God forbid that anything worse uh, happened. But it's frustrating that it's not just, you know, the clean water, though, that's the thing. It's like robbing kids of their childhood, the most Mm -hmm. basic thing, turning on the tap and getting a glass of water. It's basic. Yeah. Yeah. let me ask this, um, and you're so spot on, Renee. If if somebody's living in a place and they have an issue with the water, first of all, how would you know, right? How do you mm-hmm. know it's not just, you know, how do you know when your water's bad, all right? And then mm-hmm. once you do know, like we know in Baltimore, Mississippi, uh, uh, Flint, Michigan, Detroit, Newark, like, I mean, unfortunately, probably throughout the country, um, how does the NAACP like, do we call? Who do we call? Like, because a lot of us don't even know who to call. So how do we get to you, Miss Connor? Well, I'm actually so glad that you brought that up because that is actually one of the things that we are currently working on right now um, is building out the community science component of um, the environmental and climate justice work. And so we're actually um, going to be having those conversations um, within the next few days, actually helping people understand how to use um, water testing strips um, in the community. Uh, And we're going to be collecting that information um, and also making it available to the individuals in the community so they can know, okay, well, we've tested our water Um, This is what this means to actually help for folks in the community to have more power over their their water. Um, Most people probably don't know that their water is actually probably not tested, you know, at all um, (laughs) within a year uh, kind of span. Um, Most water testing that happens it happens kind of sporadically. It happens at random. Um, and, and it's really, quite frankly, because of a capacity um, perspective, oftentimes like a city is not going to have the capacity to go and do water testing at every single person's house. But what we can do is actually arm ourselves with the understanding of the fact that there are a number of water crises that are happening in our communities that you probably need to do water testing a little bit more regularly. It's recommended that water testing happens at least once a year, but I can guarantee you that most people, you know, may not have ever tested their water at all. Um, and if they had, it's, it's definitely not yearly. Um, and so what we're looking to do is really build that out. We're having those conversations actually right now um, to build out that water testing um, within communities so people can understand, you know, that they don't have to just listen to what they're told, but that they have ownership over their story as well. And that's really how we're going to get to a place of rebuilding of all of us coming together, um, bringing together our 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 anecdotal evidence, like the stories that we've heard for years and years, you know, that we've known, oh, well, you know, my grandma told me that the water wasn't clean. And so my mom didn't drink the water. And then my mom told me that, you know, the water wasn't clean. And so I told my kids that the water wasn't clean. And that's oftentimes how we pass down those stories. And that's really important. And then another component as well is to your point, 
the water testing. That's another part of our story um, and how we're going to be able to actually mobilize, engage, and ensure that folks have um, the information they need to make informed decisions about their water. So we have 30 seconds. Where do people go to connect and get the water testing yes. and all of that? Where did it go? Well, people can go to NAACP.org right now just to get information about the organization. Go to NAACP.org backslash Jackson, um, where we have a landing page about all the work that we're doing right now to actually build out what it looks like to think about community engagement. Um, So if they go to that page, um, they can get all the information that they need for next steps. All right. Thank you. You got to come back. Abray. Abray Connor. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.